This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, We're just going to get into the issue of... uh artificial intelligence in just a moment here because there's um it's kind of back and forth between well and look other experts have have weighed in on this too but lately it's uh elon musk versus mark zuckerberg on the question of whether we should be worried about artificial intelligence now maybe these guys have some vested interest certainly at facebook they're investing a lot of money into ai technology and they, I think they see a lot of ways that it can uh, improve the Facebook experience, that it's going to be good for their bottom line. Uh, here's the story today uh, from Global News. Tech billionaires Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are engaging in a social media fight over the fate of humanity and the threat of artificial intelligence. On Monday, the boss of Tesla said Zuckerberg's understanding of the future of AI was limited. Says, I've talked to Mark about this. His understanding of the subject is limited. Musk made the comment in response to another Twitter user who sent him an article on the Facebook founder's views about AI. On the weekend, during a Facebook Live Q&A, Zuckerberg was asked about what he thought of artificial intelligence after Musk had said that his largest fear for the future was AI. Zuckerberg said, I have pretty strong opinions on this. I'm really optimistic. I'm an optimistic person in general. I think you can build build things and the world gets better. With AI especially, I'm really optimistic. I think people who are naysayers and trying to drum up these doomsday scenarios, I just don't understand it. I think it's really negative in some ways. It's actually pretty irresponsible. So that's what Mark Zuckerberg said about Elon Musk and and others who have echoed the same concerns. Uh, Zuckerberg went on to suggest that in the next five or ten years, AI is going to deliver so many improvements in the quality of our lives. Now, Musk has warned in the past about humans being outsmarted by robots and did so most recently during a gathering of U.S. governors, the summer conference of the National Governors Association. So the U.S. uh, warned the U.S. government that AI regulation was needed because of the fundamental risk to the existence of human civilization. Says on the artificial intelligence front, you know, I have exposure to the most very cutting edge AI, and I think people should be really concerned about it. I keep sounding the alarm bell, you know, until people see like robots going down the street killing people. They don't know how to react because it seems so ethereal. I think we should be really concerned about AI. So these are some very stark views. And I don't know that there's necessarily a clear answer at this point. I guess time will tell as to who is right. But I think the people who are concerned are are making the argument, well, do we want to learn that the hard way? Do we want to learn that after the fact and try to put that genie back in the bottle? Which is maybe a fair question to raise. On the other side of it, though, what's the evidence suggesting that this is a concern other than, you know, science fiction? What are we designing AI to do? And what makes us think that it's going to get out of control, that it's going to get beyond our control? Because we're the ones building it. We're the ones designing it. We're the ones with the access to the off switch, as it were. So I'm curious to know how this technology is being developed, what it's being developed for, 
and whether there's anything to any of these concerns. Because, I mean, even to think five or ten years down the road, I don't know that we have a good handle on where iTechnology is going to be at, let alone 20, 30, 40, or 50 years from now. So we're just uh, going to connect briefly here with uh, Joanna Bryson, who's with the Department of Computer Science at the University of Bath and has uh, done a lot of research on the question of AI. AI, rather. <laughs> EI, well, that's a whole other matter. Uh, but on the question of AI. And find out where she stands on the uh, Zuckerberg versus Musk debate. I mean, even someone like Stephen Hawking, too, has, has weighed in recently on this, suggesting that maybe it is something we should be concerned about. So those are smart people, Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking and others. Right? So they're not tinfoil hat wearers. They're, they're not paranoid lunatics. I mean, they're, they're smart, serious thinkers. I don't think we should dismiss their concerns altogether. I tend to be more like Mark Zuckerberg myself in trying to be optimistic, trying to be optimistic about technology. So why don't we take, let's take a break right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't track down our guests and we'll get into this issue here. More time for your calls and your texts as well. 974-8255. This is Afternoons on Newstalk 770. All right, welcome back. So let's get into it. Uh, should we be worried about artificial intelligence? What are those concerns? How can we potentially address them as this technology continues to evolve? Joining us on the line is Joanna Bryson. Uh, associate professor at the Department of Computer Science, University of Bath, also with Princeton University's Center for Information Technology Policy. Uh, professor Bryson, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. Nice to be here. I think when we hear about artificial intelligence, I think people often uh, invoke science fiction movies. Maybe there's a, a not quite an accurate understanding of what it is we're talking about and where the technology's at. What, what often gets overlooked in this debate? Well, I think the main problem is that people tend to think that if something is intelligent, then it's human-like. And I mean, if that's what you mean by the word intelligent, then you're right. But mm-hmm. um, if, if we're speaking like a psychologist or as a computer scientist, then intelligence is just the ability to uh, adjust uh, your actions to the current situation. So that means that you can perceive a situation, you can recognize different situations, and then you can choose an appropriate action. So for that, then we can say, well, you know, we can look across the world and we can see lots of different kinds of animals and even plants that, you know, they respond differently to different kinds of light. And we could say, well, that's kind of intelligent. It's not super intelligent, but it's pretty intelligent. Um, and so in this context, we've had artificial intelligence for decades. And, and you know, I, I find it really weird when people talk about, will we ever have artificial intelligence? Well, we've already got, you know, superhuman capacities to do things like, you know, spell checking, doing arithmetic. If you showed, you know, a calculator to someone 500 years ago, you probably would have been burnt at the stake because math <laughs> was something only humans could do, right. you know? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, so certainly there, there's been a real focus on it lately because the technology really is moving quickly. So what, what's unique about where the technology is at now compared to where it was at 10 or 20 years ago? Right. Well, I mean, there's a number of things, of course. Uh, one of the things has been the explosion of the Internet, which means that we've gotten lots of people to give us lots of data. <laughs> so mm-hmm. people are just typing in their lives. It's just amazing. It, like, if you're a political scientist, you used to look at just how people voted and try to guess what they're thinking. And now they're just spewing what they think on Twitter all the time. And, yes, it's a weird set of, subset of people that use Twitter. It's not, like, the entire population. But, and this is one of the scary things, we're getting pretty good at taking some information about some people and being able to extrapolate information about a lot of people. 
So it's getting easier to predict what the whole population is going to do, even if you only have some information about them. So that's part of what's changed. But another thing is that we're getting our computers are faster and we are getting smarter about how we learn from that experience. We learn from that data. We figured out better algorithms for deriving, you know, for predicting the future from the past. So I I think a lot of the reason that we see AI as getting better suddenly is because the stuff we've just gotten good at recently is stuff that to us feels really human. And we've sort of forgotten how freaky it was back when when we first saw computer games, but we first had a system that could kind of talk to us with a computer. Right now we're seeing a bunch of stuff we haven't seen before, like uh, being able to read lips or being able to... um, uh, you know, transcribe uh, language and, and give us uh, subtitles and things automatically. So we're, suddenly we're seeing a bunch of things we hadn't seen before because a lot of those properties of being able to read human culture, human video, are kind of related to each other. So once engineers figured that out for one, we can figure it out for a bunch of things. Uh, you know, I mean, I think of self-driving cars as an obvious example where we really, I think our lives are almost going to depend on this this kind of technology. Right. So, I mean, if if it's advancing and if it's getting to the point where we can safely have autonomous vehicles on the road, well, that's a good thing. Well, you know, so there's a big question. I mean, right now, some people are saying, you know, for sure, we're going to be there driverless cars five to ten years. But already there's so much AI in our cars. And, and, you know, if you have a, a contemporary car, you know that you're getting lots of feedback about, like, are you parking it right or what's going on? I already know even a few years ago you were running into people that would have accidents because they got into their partner's car and forgot that the partner's car wouldn't tell them about backing up, right? So yeah. so AI, all the big uh, car manufacturers are putting AI in their cars to help the people. And the question is, to what extent can we eliminate um, humans from the driving loop? And um, some people think we're going to get there quite quickly, but not entirely. I mean, the, the cars themselves don't want to go anywhere. So humans are always the motive force. You're never taking humans away from the problem. They're always about a person trying to get somewhere. But the question is, can you actually drive? And so there's been a lot of stuff about, um, I think Uber actually supposedly has all these driverless cars in Pittsburgh right now. But in fact, none of the driverless cars are driverless. They all have Uber drivers in them. And the question is, when do they have to engage if you're actually going to have uh, uh, passengers? So it's it's an interesting question <laughs> um, whether we'll get there. But will it become necessary? Well, I think it might become something we all expect because if, it's, if it is a lot safer, then we aren't going to like the few people on the road causing accidents. On the other hand, maybe they'll be so good that we can have a few people on the roads and they'll avoid those crazy people. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think, you know, that's where we get into some of these these alarmist scenarios where maybe we're going to be asking this technology to make a decision about who lives or dies. Uh, and and so yeah. how much how much faith and how much trust can we put in this technology? OK, I think actually that that's a really interesting question. But one of the things that because there's a problem we have with artificial intelligence, like I said before, we think intelligent means human. And so we we are threatened by it and we identify with it. And so all of a sudden we're really fascinated by, is the car going to hit the pedestrian or is it going to kill its own killer? But, I mean, sorry, its own driver. (laughs) driver. But that's a decision we already make. If you decide to buy an SUV, you're saying, damn the pedestrians, I'm going to protect my family, right? 
And and so that's you, and if you just wanted to protect your family, you could buy a Volvo or something. And and if you say, look, you know, like I I, I don't want to hurt anybody, then you could get a bike, and you're less likely to kill anyone, right? <laughs> so yeah. we're already making those decisions, but it hasn't been laid out for us in the same way. And actually, one of the cool things about the 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 terror of AI is that if it actually makes us have a more interesting conversation about ethics and about how we're interconnected. I think we already are having these these effects on each other's lives, and we hadn't really been talking about it. So I think our society has been changing for a while. And now suddenly we're going to say, you know what, we're not only going to think about the rules, but we're going to write them down in computer code. And then we're going to be able to see what each other are doing. And so in a way, that's kind of cool. But some people are trying to back away from that. And so I think that's why you get some of the arguments about whether or not there should be transparency, whether there should be government regulation, things like that. Right. You know, regarding this Zuckerberg, uh, Tuss, uh, Elon Musk, rather, uh, Tussle, that it almost seems like they're shutting <laughs> past each other. I, I get the sense that uh, Zuckerberg's talking about smarter algorithms and Elon Musk is talking about killer robots. Yeah, I, it, it's hard for me to know what they're talking about um, for sure because I don't know either person. But um, I, I agree with a little bit of what Musk says. I agree that um, basically technology is affecting our lives so much and the extent to which, I mean, you know, these whole questions about whether we were manipulated or, or enough of us were manipulated at the last election that it affected the outcome of the election, that's an enormously big deal. That is really, you know, it's changing who is the leader of the free world, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we should care about this, and we should actually think about having, just like we have government organizations that worry about, you know, medicine and drugs and um, and uh, the environment and, you know, these kinds of things, maybe we should have, you know, a secretary of the digital. We should have, maybe we should have uh, people that are trying to figure out... Um, I'm sorry, everybody who's doing phone calls is doing in one place. You don't know I'm on the radio. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sorry, going back to the, the point there. Well, about regulation. Is, yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's a conversation that, that can be had there, is what you're saying. Right. So, so there, is a, there is a conversation should be having about regulation. But saying that AI is actually an existential threat and that one country is going to get it and then people are going to be completely redundant that they aren't going to need us, I think that is ridiculous and alarmist. And so I think Zuckerberg uh, is sensibly weighing in against that. But, um, in fact, it's nice. It's nice to see people taking leadership on, on being sensible. <laughs> but I, uh, I don't think that... Um, that uh, I don't think that that means that we don't need regulation either. So, so you also see, you know, you can have a, a portfolio of, of views and they don't all make, uh, uh, I won't agree with all of them. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing is, I mean, time will tell which of the two is right, but I, I suppose if, if the alarmist are proven right, it's not something we want to learn after the fact, right? Putting the genie back in the bottle is, is much harder than dealing with it beforehand. Well, that's, you know, that's a really important point, which is that, People are saying that, and that's what Musk is saying. Listen to me, because if you don't, you're all going to die. And then we all go, well, gee, we don't want to die. We better listen to Musk. You know, forget about Zuckerberg, right? But no, the, the point is that if you focus only on these incredibly extreme uh, threats, if they're incredibly unlikely, if they're probably completely wrong, then you're wasting a lot of effort. And like I said, we may not be noticing that, that you know, our democracy is being compromised by technology because we're more worried about 
whether another country is going to have all the AI. You know what? If it matters which country has all the AI, we've already won because right now we're the ones in the lead. And so the whole idea that, that oh, no, China is going to get in the lead and then it'll be over. No, if that's true, then we've already won. And if it's not true, then you can stop panicking. So, I, I you know, th- that makes no sense. And I mean, this whole debate, the, the benefits of this technology tend to get get lost, right? We, we talk about, is this going to kill us or not? And it's often not, how is this going to make our lives better? All right. Well, no, absolutely. In fact, you know, uh, when, when uh, Stephen Hawking uh, made his uh, proclamations along these lines, which as far as I could tell, we're sort of quoting Nick Bostrom. But um, yeah, why well, says like, it's like if you think, uh, you know, somebody's just, you know, had a bad accident and you want to get them to the hospital. But if you put them in a car, there's a chance that the car will crash, right? So do you say, um, oh, well, we better just stay here and let him die? Or do you say, well, let's take the incredibly small chance that we're going to have a fatal accident in this particular car trip and get in the car and go to the hospital? Everybody does the second one, right? Yeah. So I think that's, that's an idea of like, yes, it is possible you die in, the, in, the, in a car, but most people get in cars every day, right? Um, and so I, I, I think it is more like that. There, there are, uh, you know, and, and we all know that artificial intelligence is making it. Well, maybe people don't know it's artificial intelligence. No, and that's, I think that's an important point. Maybe people don't. we're living longer. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people, well, yeah, it's like the government. A lot of people, like, stand on roads and, and you know, in a secure place where they're not going to get mugged or, or be invaded or anything and say, oh, the government's doing nothing for me, right? <laughs> but AI is there, too. AI is the one that's smoothing out, making it possible to have all these communications, find all this information, giving you better uh, medical advice, and increasing your lifespan. I, you know, it's, it's, it's really pretty fundamental that the technology... You know, and it's not just AI. AI is part of uh, computer technology in general. But, but all the communication and getting a lot of brains together, it's, it's been a fantastic win for us by and large. There are points where, of course, people get their brains together and uh, do bad things. But by and large, we've been, we've been coming up with solutions more often than we've been coming up with uh, traumas. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, Joanna, we'll leave it there. really appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Well, yeah, thank you, too. Much appreciated. Bye-bye. Take care. That's Joanna Bryson of the Department of Computer Science uh, at the University of Bath, but uh, also based in New Jersey and is an affiliate of Princeton's uh, Center for Information Technology Policy. Uh, so she's done a lot of research herself on this question uh, of AI. And, you know, it's interesting the, the way she explained it at the start. That it doesn't necessarily mean it's human-like, uh, but it's about technology that's able to respond to certain situations. And spell check's a great example of that, especially what we have now on our phones, because it starts to learn our habits and our tendencies and adjust accordingly. And if it doesn't, we get really frustrated. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it can make our lives easier, maybe even better. But there is a potential downside that maybe we shouldn't ignore entirely. So... It's an interesting debate. 403-974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.